Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Millie is Michael Jackson. Literally, Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? But he's still thugging it, still street, but he, to an extent, he know how to, he know how to control, he know how to control his anger in himself. But Melvin, I only let him out at nighttime. Rapper YNW Melly talking about his two personalities years ago. Now his trial for the murder of two friends starts this month. His biggest hit about murder. If convicted, a new law could make it easier for Melly to get the death penalty. This is the story of the YNW Melly double murder trial so far. Welcome to Law and Crime's Sidebar Podcast. I'm Anjanette Levy. Jamel Demons, known to fans by his stage name, YNW Melly, is set to go on trial for murdering two of his friends. That's the accusation. He's been in jail in Broward County, Florida for more than four years now. Melly is just 24 years old. YNW stands for Young New Wave. This case involves four members of Melly's YNW crew. Two are dead, and Melly and another member, Cortland Henry, who was known as YNW Bortland, are accused of killing them. Police say Melly shot and killed 20-year-old Chris Thomas, also known as YNW Juvie, and 21-year-old Anthony Williams, who went by YNW Sack Chaser, in October 2018. Video shows them together earlier that night as they recorded a music video. Police have said YNW Bortland was driving the SUV and claimed they'd been shot in a drive-by. After the murders, Melly posted on Twitter, they took my brothers from me over jealousy. I know y'all watching over me. Months later, in April of 2019, Melly was charged with killing his friends. He pleaded not guilty. With the support of the victim's families, prosecutors said they would seek the death penalty. Portland also faces murder charges. His trial date has not yet been set. Melly talked about Juvie and Sack Chaser's names being tattooed on his face before they were killed. They were in a room with him during an interview for a podcast. So what you got tattooed on your face? Tell me about it a little bit. What? On my face? Yeah. We got the heart on this side. Yeah. What's that say above your eyebrow on that side? Which side? Oh, either one. What's I know, it? I know, I know I got a sat chaser right here. That's my brother. That's my twin. Okay. I got Juvie. Juvie? Yeah, my brother. Just a lot yeah. of your friends who passed? Yeah. No, I don't Right there. Oh, okay. <laughs> my, right my bad. I wouldn't get none of my friends tattooed on my face until they died. Melly rose to fame while serving time for a 2015 shooting incident. Police said that he fired a gun at several people outside of his high school. He was just 16 at the time. When you were in jail, did you feel like, were you ever at a point where you felt like all hope was lost? Yeah. You did? Yeah. When I first got locked up, because I ain't know what I was, I ain't know what they was going to do. I ain't know. I thought, damn. I was so young. I ain't know. I was like, damn. This before I made murder on my mind. I was like, man, hell no. Nah, they finna give me a year. Murder on my mind was Melly's biggest hit, along with Balenciaga Blues. His career was on the rise. 
so what was it like working with Kaye? Awesome. Awesome? Super mega awesome, cool. But there's more to Melly than just music. He's also talked about something else that's going on within him. He claims to have two or more personalities. So who am I talking to right now? Am I talking to Melly, Melvin, Mel? Like, who am I talking to? You talking to Melvin. Melvin, because I'm mad right now. What are you mad about? You know I'm mad. We ain't going to talk about that right now. What you mad about? We ain't finna, we said let it go, so we gonna let it go. All right, Melly is loving, genuine, turned up, happy, and just loving, you know what I'm saying? Michael Jackson. Melly is Michael Jackson. The other personality he discusses is much darker. His name is Melvin. But Melvin, I only let him out at nighttime, and I need to stop doing that. Like when the night hits, he really come in his life. Melvin is just like, once you play with Melly, to a certain extent, Melvin just don't like that. Melvin on your ass, no cap. He on your ass, he don't play. Like many trials, Melly's has been delayed several times because of COVID, but also because of arguments over the death penalty and evidence. Jury selection has been underway since April. At that time, Melly's mom, Jamie King, posted on Instagram, Melly coming home. Today I went to court expecting more delays, but we started jury selection. I can't explain how I feel. My anxiety is everywhere, but God got us. Opening statements are expected next month. In an unrelated case, a news report from 2019 claimed law enforcement suspected Melly and Bortland might be involved in the fatal shooting of off-duty sheriff's deputy Gary Shambliss. His 2017 murder remains unsolved, and investigators will not confirm whether the two are suspects. Joining me to discuss YNW Melly's upcoming murder trial is Mina Lona. She is an on-air personality at SiriusXM The Heat and at 100.3 FM in Philly. Also, Jules Epstein is with us. He is a professor at Temple University's Beasley School of Law and a death penalty expert. Thanks to both of you for being with us today. Thank you for having us. Mina, I want to start with you. Let's talk a little bit about why there is so much interest in this case. We know that this happened back in 2018, these homicides. Melly was arrested and charged in 2019. He's been in jail ever since. He was really an up-and-coming rising star when this happened. I think that's the interest, the fact that he garnered attention from someone like Kanye West, who uh, was featured on a song with him. He was this rising star, and out of nowhere, this uh, situation happened, which is really um, a mystery. What happened here? Who was the car? Was this part of a drive-by shooting? Was it a shooting that involved the people inside of the car? I think the fact that he does have a song that it's called Murder on My Mind, where he talks about accidentally shooting someone. I think all those things add to the interest in the story and just the, the um, I guess, the riddle of what happened here. And another thing, too, I mean, he has a certain level of charisma. Am right. I am I wrong about that? Because he, he seems to really be a charmer when he does these interviews. And the thing about the personalities is something that really kind of piques my interest because he talks about how he's got Melly, who's this sweet, loving guy, but then Melvin comes out after dark and, and all bets are off. I think he's very much an entertainer, and we've seen it play out in his debut album, which literally explored this dual personality that he has. Um, it, it's kind of like a, an alternative character, but I think it's also an extension of his mental state of mind, right? He's been diagnosed with 
bipolar syndrome, ADHD. So um, all of this contributes to the fact that... Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. He seems to be someone who has battled some mental and behavioral issues and um, he's kind of made it into the entertainment world and he's managed to create this persona off of uh, his battles that he's dealing with, which you will hear a lot of that in the music, the things that he's rapping about. And um, yeah, I think he's enter entertaining and all of this, all of this really intrigues people and, and makes them wonder who is this guy? Uh, what is he about? What personality is he today? And what happened on the night in question? Was this a situation where maybe he had an a issue with his mental health? All of this contributes to the interest in this story. And I also think that the fact that we haven't heard about what's going on with his case and trial for four years, I think that the death penalty now being put on the table, I think that adds to the interest in what happened, what's going to be the defense, what's going to, what is the prosecution going to say, and how is the death penalty now being on the table? How is that going to impact this trial? Jules, I want to address that with you. We do have a young guy here. He's 24 now, but when this happened, he would have been 18, 19 years old. So in many respects, yes, legally an adult, but also still mentally probably a little bit of a kid. If you look at some of the research out there about how people mature and brain development, things like that. He's going to say he didn't do this at trial. So if we're talking strictly the guilt phase, the things that Mina brought up, the bipolar disorder, the ADHD, how do any, how does any of this play into defending him? Legally, none. In other words, if he's saying I wasn't in the car, I was somewhere else. It doesn't matter if he's a genius. It doesn't matter if he has a learning disability. It doesn't matter if he has a diagnosis of bipolar. Mental health issues come in when a person's state of mind is at play. If someone said, I was, I shot, but I was in fear. I shot in a momentary state of mental disarray, then mental state is relevant. If it's saying, I wasn't there. It's not relevant. Well, we know that Melly was in the car. And, and really the facts of this case, um, when we look at it, are that they left the recording studio after a late night session. And they claim, Melly and his co-conspirator claim that this was a drive-by. But the police claim that's not the case. They claim that there's no evidence of a shooting where they claim that this drive-by happened. Their cell phones put them in a different area of town at the time. And that these shots likely came from the back seat where Melly was sitting. So all of that on its face, Jules, sounds really, really bad. But as things unfold at trial, you never know how they're going to go. 
So now we're talking about forensic analysis, and forensic analysis is only as good as the people who do it and the discipline that they are um, deploying. In terms of where a bullet was fired from, that is not always that hard to discern, okay? Uh, you can recreate angles. There may be issues of ricochets or things that can distort angles. Uh, but the police, at least from the news reports, seem pretty confident that they can prove the shots were from inside the car, indeed from the location in the car, as you put it, where he was seated. If that's true, because my recollection, and I only began familiarizing myself with his case yesterday, is that at least initially he said he wasn't in the car, that there were different disputes, and then there are video putting him in the car. So first of all, his own history of change statements becomes admissible evidence. And that doesn't mean he did anything wrong, but in the court of law, people's change of stories, denying I was there, but now it's, oh, I was there, but someone else shot, is in the law fair game for the prosecutor. And it makes the case harder. And they have said that, that there were inconsistent statements made by Melly and uh, his co-conspirator. Jules, let's touch on the change in the death penalty law in Florida that Governor DeSantis signed earlier this year. It doesn't have to be unanimous anymore. If they get to that penalty phase where the jury will consider punishment, it doesn't have to be a 12-0 decision anymore. They can, it can be eight to four. So right. say he is convicted. He's a 24-year-old guy, was a much younger guy when this happened. He could more easily get the death penalty. So your thoughts on that? So I'm going to take it back a step, if I may. First of all, just making this a death penalty case makes it more easy for him to be found guilty because people who are on a death penalty jury tend to be more conservative because you have to at least somewhat believe in the death penalty. When they get to that second trial, because it's really two trials, trial one, did mm -hmm. you do it? Trial two, what's your punishment? Uh, the jury does have to be unanimous about one thing, whether the government has proved what is called an aggravating circumstance. So it's not just, hey, you're guilty, but they've actually listed four possible aggravating circumstances. As long as the jury agrees as to one unanimously, then they do this vote. And you are right, it used to be unanimous. And that was really important because the death penalty should only be given when the real community really agrees this is right. Florida's now said, we don't care if a third of you don't agree. If two-thirds of you do, that gives the judge permission. And given that you're starting with a group of people who are in favor of the death penalty, raising the number of dissents that can still be ignored makes it easier to get a death sentence. It had to be one juror. Say one juror disagreed. It was a life sentence. So no. I think it's that's pretty interesting. And I think you bring up a very valid point because so our listeners and viewers are aware when it is a death penalty case, it adds a layer to that jury selection process where they have to make sure these jurors are so-called death 
qualified, meaning they say they are willing to follow the law and impose the death penalty if they feel it's necessary and it's been proven to be warranted. Uh, Mina, I know that you had some thoughts and feelings on that. We were talking last night about how this is a younger guy, 24 years old. The facts of the case are that these people were all friends. I mean, they were all in his kind of crew, his group of friends who produced music together. So he's facing the death penalty at 24 years old, or at least the possibility of it, when he is alleged to have committed a crime uh, four years ago, five years ago. This is disturbing to me just because of the changes in what we're talking about. My understanding from the lowering of the threshold for the death penalty was as a result of the Parkland shooting that happened in Florida. And as we know, this is a premeditated murder by one man who went into a school, a high school, and shot 17 people and murdered 17 people, um, students staff, teacher, he said he was guilty. So I understand lowering the threshold for someone like that, right? Even though me personally, I don't agree with death penalty. I don't think death penalty has any place in a civilized society. I am a woman of a religious background, and I believe that the only person that should be, and I don't want to bring religion into this, but my personal beliefs are that there's Uh, one higher being that should be in charge of taking our lives. And I just as a person don't agree with this, but I do understand that there are heinous individuals on our earth that have done atrocious things. And I understand why the death penalty is put in place. I just think it's very dangerous when you lower it to such a low standard where you're not only taking the life of people who may be heinous, but also people who may not be heinous and people who might have a mental illness in this situation, someone who might have bipolar depression, someone who might be ADHD, maybe compulsive issues and can't compo- you know, compose themselves. And, and all these things I think are dangerous. For this, in this particular situation, we don't know what happened. They were all friends. This could have been a mistake. This could have been a lapse of judgment. It's up to the prosecutor to prove that. But I think at the end of the day, he has said that he is innocent. And after this happened, He went on social media and he said, I lost my brothers. So there's so many unknowns about this case. Were they shot at? Did he do the shooting? Regardless of the situation, that is not the same as the Parkland mass murder shooting that happened. And I think it's it's very dangerous as a society when we start applying the, the death penalty to cases that not only involve mental health individuals, but also that don't involve premeditated murder and, and uh, defendants claiming that they're innocent. May I jump and in? Of yes. course, Jules. Okay. Uh, so I just want to say, following up on what Mina said, I want to separate the heinous deed from the heinous person, okay? I actually know a lot about the Parkland case. That was a heinous deed by a person, Mina, who had even more psychiatric and emotional problems than the one you're describing here. And one of the problems is that people conflate or mix together how terrible the murder is, all murders are terrible, but some are even worse, from how terrible this person is. I think your other point, which is really, really critical, is there are murders that happen after days and weeks and months of planning, and then there's something that happened in the moment. The law treats them the same, right or wrong, okay? The law treats 
if if I plan a murder for a month, or if I look at you, I'd never do this and say, Mina, I want you dead, bang, you're dead. Those are both treated the same as premeditated, even though I premeditated for a second, not a month. But you are right that the less planning, the more spur of the moment, the more situational, that should help to take a case out of death penalty world. I need to add one other thing, which is something we haven't mentioned, which is the race of Melody. Because we all know that race remains the thumb on the scale. And like it or not, no matter how well-intentioned people are, to some people, they look at a young black man and they'll look at them differently than if it were my young white son, no matter what else is going on. And that's yet another problem that Melly faces here. And I think it's important that we point out the difference. Obviously, Nicholas Cruz, much different. Um, we know how much planning went into that. Uh, these are two completely different cases. Right. And in Nicholas Cruz's case, they gave him life. So I think it's important to note that as well. They found that there were mitigating circumstances. And we're not even to that point yet, but it's important to talk about this as we kind of do an overview of this case. And it'll be interesting to learn more about the facts of the case and what the prosecutors are alleging as the motive. Because as I mentioned, these were a group of people, four people who were friends and produced music together. So uh, Mina, Lona, thank you so much for joining us. Jules Epstein, professor of law, thank you as well. It's been great talking with you. And we hope to have you back as we cover this trial as it begins and moves forward. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And that's it for this edition of Law & Crime Sidebar Podcast. You can listen to and download Sidebar on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always watch it on Law & Crime's YouTube channel. I'm Anjanette Levy, and we will see you next time.